Hi there. This is Mav coming to you once again from the future of when we recorded this episode. Much like last week, I wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the protests that occurred in the wake of the George Floyd murder in the United States. In fact, this episode was recorded before last week's. So obviously, at the time of the recording, we were unaware of what was going to be transpiring in this country and how it relates to some of the things that we do talk about, and that's why we don't address it. However, next week's episode is going to be devoted to that topic in specific, as well as the general question of what it is like to be a black person who spends much of your time on the internet talking about and trying to convince people about the existence and reality of continuing racism. So please, if you have a moment, go check out our blog at www.boxpopcast.com and give us your thoughts and questions. In the meantime, please enjoy this week's show. Who are you? Who are you? I didn't create you. No shit, Sherlock. What'd you do with this, dude? I'm a cartoonist. I drew all this. I have visions. I, I have visions. I translate this. You do nothing, man. This place exists with or without you. You believe me, right? I'm not one of your creations. No, you're not pretty enough. Good one. The weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Wayne and Katya. How's it going, guys? Okay. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, it's going. <laughs> We're in, like, day 70-something of social whatever we're calling it now. I've... So. It's day seven thousand. I mean, I, yeah. I <laughs> like, I don't what remember the time before. <laughs> it's over. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Thank we God got, we have podcasts to keep us are, occupied yeah. and informed and entertained. Like literally, this I think is actually though. This <laughs> is more than I talk to people like all week any other time. Yeah. So. Yeah, this, this, is my right. biggest, this is my biggest social event every week. Yes. <laughs> so um, there's dark, horrible stuff happening in the world, but we're actually probably doing a show about that either next week or last week, depending on the order. But for us tomorrow, so I don't really want to go into how horrible the goblin who rules our country is right now um is that okay with you guys okay yeah <laughs> yeah let's talk about something Beautiful. fun yeah. so this is um this is something weird and fun as we record this last week for us facebook released this thing that they call avatars and if you're on facebook you'll see you probably saw a bunch of friends like posting oh here's me as a facebook avatar and it was really really hot for like two days and then everybody forgot about it because that's how you know internet memes work and the same thing happens with you know i've seen it with you know apple has theirs bitmoji has theirs and when that happened um i saw some um, artist friends of mine some webcomic artist friends of mine make an interesting complaint um 
which I think is worth talking about as to, you know, why would you make one of these avatars when you could just have somebody draw an original picture of you and you could have something custom? And I thought that's a good point, but I think there's ways to think about it both ways. So I thought we'd invite them over <laughs> and um, I want to introduce everybody to Don and Byron, two of the, uh, two of the hosts to the Webcomic Alliance podcast, who are old friends of mine. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey. Welcome <laughs> and, to the show. Yeah. Yay. And you guys, I've known both of them for, I've known you guys for, I don't know, at least uh, whenever I started doing the comic strip. So, which was Ten like, years. I think 2008. Okay, probably. <laughs> yeah. It was 12 years I've known you guys. And, um, and you guys have your own show as well. You guys have well, it's, it's the Webcomic Alliance, right? You know, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. started so. 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I figure crossover episodes be exciting <laughs> um, because comics. And anyway, but anyway, this was an interesting. I think Byron. I think you were the first person I saw complain about it. I don't think you came up with the you came up with the complaint. I think you reposted somebody else complaining. Right, Lar De Souza uh, drew a. a avatar of himself smashing one of the Facebook avatars. Yes. Ah, okay. He's like, and he's like, Hey, there's literally millions of us out there. And I'm like, Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah. You know, you know, for $10 people, I, I made it ridiculously <laughs> cheap. You, you can hire me. You know? Yeah. And I'm I, easy. And I can't be had. Come on. You know? <laughs> I can't be had. I, I thought, and I thought that's an absolutely valid point because I too will happily, you know, seriously, I've got time. I'm in a pandemic where I sit in my house most of the time and, you know, and yeah. other than when I'm writing a dissertation or editing this show, which actually is a fair amount of my time, you know, I, I sit here, I'm happy to draw something and then be like, you know, give me money and you can have this. Yay. You know, like, like we've done it. I, I mean, I know you guys from being on like convention floors where we're all sitting there going, Please, someone give me $20 to draw a picture. <laughs> you know, like, you know, Wayne, you've also worked comic book conventions. I, I've, I've, I've done that. Yep. Yes. And that's, and that's, that's largely what Help we do. Justify my tablecloth, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. If I get like 40 of you people to do it, I'll break even this weekend. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think the world at large knows like how much of a struggle it is to be a comic con artist there. It's not cheap. You have to like make a certain amount of money in order to, that might, that might be a show sometime is the, the horror of, of artist alley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but but here I am missing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Cause there hasn't been any shows. Yeah. It's been, Oh God, this might be the end of comic cons. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but it was, it was a really valid point. The point being, you know, everybody is making these icons that are exactly the same. And the neat thing, if you're the kind of person who buys art at a comic con, the neat thing about going is that you can literally go to Don's table, my table, Byron's table. And by the way, we're probably set up in the same row because we used to do that. Right. <laughs> you know, and and like we will all happily draw you for 20 bucks each and, and it will look different each time, you know, um, and which, which is kind of neat because you've got your you've got the you know, you've got a different style. Um, or your other, co- one of your other co-hosts, um, uh, who couldn't be with us tonight, but Chris, Chris will draw you as a werewolf. That's like his thing here. You oh, can yeah. be a werewolf because one of his, one of his characters were, but you can have, you can go and you can get yourself drawn as Superman or as Spider-Man or just as you being silly or as a funny animal. And people will do that. And I thought that's a good point. But I also thought that people do avatars, not for the same reason that they buy artwork. I think that when they're doing an avatar, it's more of a it's more of the fun of them creating it themselves. Like it's not the same reason, at least to me, I don't think they buy it for the same reason that they that they draw themselves. And I and I know that for me, I've drawn myself and 
I have created avatars with um, yeah. pretty much every single I, one of I, these. I think there's also an element of participating in the social thing. Everybody else is doing it, so you do it too. So there's mm-hmm. that participatory. You and all your friends are creating avatars. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think as, as you brought up, Mav, I, I think the, a big difference between, hey, I'll draw your profile picture and these Facebook avatars is when you create it, you get like it, however, 50 plus stickers that you can yeah. now use in comments and blah, blah. Now, if you came to me and said, Hey, Dawn, I want to, I want you to draw my profile picture. I, yeah, I'll do it for you. 20 bucks, something like that. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll do something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, can you do 60 different versions of that for 20 bucks? <laughs> no, 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 I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, it's going to cost you. And it's not even just going to, frankly, if you want me to draw you, you 60 born? times, it's not even a cost. going to cost like 1200 bucks. It's going to cost you a significant amount. Cause I'm be like, yes, that's oh, a God. lot. That's a lot oh, of God. work. That's essentially drawing a comic book for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so so I get that. And and I and I get what Wayne's saying too. And I, I think there's I think there's different reasons. I think there's a different enjoyment of you know participating, and there's the enjoyment of mm-hmm. I mean to look at the other way, like one of the cool things about having a custom drawn avatar is that you know like the facebook one i made it kind of looks like me if you know what i'm what i look like and you know and i've done it with enough things that you know that i'm gonna i'm gonna do my goatee i'm gonna you know i'm I'm, if i can make my beard gray these days i do that as opposed to just (laughs) brown and like but it's it's roughly me but there's a lot more character to when I draw myself or or when I have somebody else do it. And also the fun of it is it doesn't look like everybody else's. Right. Like what's right. great is if I go to Don and say, hey, Don, draw me a picture. Then other people just don't have the cool picture that Don drew because, oh, my God, how will they find this this artist um, who is on my friends list and has her own Facebook page? And like, that's exactly how I do caricature work is someone right. someone hires me for a, a family portrait and then they, mm-hmm. they crop it into their face and they make that their profile picture everyone's like oh my god this is so cool who did this and i get yeah. tagged my li- my website's linked and i'm like sign up to do anything I'm, I'm getting all this extra promotion this is great yeah. right. so i think people you know they know that that's the case and mm-hmm. i think the the gut reaction i think a lot of artists had when they see like okay now facebook who we already have issues with and <laughs> many yeah. of us that you know we see them making their own like little cartoonist thing like oh cool this is free neat i could just do this and now i don't have to pay anybody you know so mm-hmm. and we from Wait. our point of view we look at it that way but when you think about all the different aspects to it and it's kind of like dress up sally or something like where you're creating Ooh. this doll that you get yeah. to dress up in different ways and and it's automatic I, I, and, and yeah. anybody who, who's done freelance art of any kind I mean, you run into that all the time that doing it for the exposure you know Getting work is, is difficult. Convincing mm-hmm. people it is. To, and word of mouth still is the best way. Yeah, yeah. It really and, is. And, and seeing just like you know, oh, they're giving it away for free is you know, I, I understand why that that cuts. Uh, it feels like it's cutting into a, a market, whatever. Um, but yeah, but I, I do think there are different different things going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely went through that with comics. You know, going yeah. back to our to our roots and everything. You know, and and when I first started, I wanted to be a syndicated you know comic strip cartoonist, and the idea of giving away my comic for free in a web comic was like. Yeah, well, that's, that's how, defeats yes. the purpose, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm I old enough that anyway. that sounds insane. Yeah. Yeah. And you I realize did, there's I did no, it anyway. there aren't newspapers anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah well, that, that's it. I'm talking like, you know, 15 yeah, know. years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did it anyway because I was thinking I need to put, I need, I need a place online to just store my stuff. And then I saw, start seeing different ways that you can earn money 
by throwing, by putting this stuff out there, whether it was ads back in the day, selling ads based on your, on your website, or the fact that it's like, it's the app model where you get a little, you give out a little free something. So people get a taste of it and then they realize, <laughs> yeah, I like this and I'm going to, I'm going to throw some money at it, you know? So you find little ways of, of adapting to the culture and people yeah, get it, the, it, the free stuff and then doing a little bit yeah, more. So it, yeah, it does. It still seems counterintuitive, but you know, our friends uh, at Pisker, with stuff he's done, hip hop family tree, you fan of graphics published at New York times, bestselling graphic novels. Mm-hmm. That's all. It, it, that was all on boingboing.net for free. Before yeah. it was ever saw print, like all of it. There was there was absolutely no reason to buy that except by doing that. He built a huge audience for this stuff mm-hmm. that tr- then translated into sales. Yeah, people invest. You think people invest just just money, right? So if they don't invest the money, they don't care about it. It's not true. Time is money too. You know, mm-hmm. if you've heard that phrase. So yeah. when people start reading something and they get really into it, and you and you gave like you know at the end of your quote unquote season, you say. You know, thanks for reading. Thanks for sticking around. If you'd like to see how the story ends, toss me a dollar and get a free ebook, get an ebook with it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people are like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, like maybe I should thank this person for entertaining yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And then you have invested your time. You get to know the person too. I mean, I find that mm-hmm. at comic cons is a big deal. If I can get someone to like me, to relate to me as a person, you know, whether they're looking at my prints, which I give away for free, if you buy a book and they flip them through and they're like, Oh, I love that show and I love that movie and that was my favorite toy as a kid whatever it is you know they connect with that they connect with me then they want to know more about what I'm selling and so it's it's like you're you're putting something out there first whether it's a free product or at a comic-con like socialization with someone who understands you and your weird fandoms you know so (laughs) that's all that's what it's all about and it's so it's like you got to have some bait in some way so Maybe there's a way to take a positive spin off of what was initially a negative reaction and well, that hey, yeah, we, could, we could do something really cool and maybe you can get different artwork from different artists depending on your mood. If you see my work and you're like, that makes me happy, have me draw your happy face. <laughs> if someone else really relates to you and you're like, man, I'm pissed off and I love this artist when he's just messy and crazy and angry lines and draw me and I'll, when I'm pissed off, I'll make that my profile picture. <laughs> That would be you know. great. I kind of like, like, how is this out of service? Do we need to create a new website right now? We're just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like c- caricatures my mood. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, how cool would that be? Then you could switch your, you could switch your profile picture. Like just focus on profile Mav, pictures, not Mav. comments and stuff. But, Register yeah. the domain name right now. Mavatars. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Get on that. How do I not so, own uh, Mavatars? Fox podcast, like spinoff business is. How the fuck do I not own Mavatars.com? I, that never occurred to me. Mavatars. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Oh boy. Well, there's just going to be various characters of Mav in various yeah. Others will use their profile. Okay. Like Mav. So back in, back in the, you know, <laughs> Sorry. To, to get really old here, back in the old days, like uh, in the live journal days, when live journal first added um, wow. moods at the bottom, you know, you could like, you could say feeling happy, feeling sad, feeling pissed mm-hmm. off, you know, yeah. when they first added that there is a, there was a way you can down, you know, you could do custom, you could have just the generic smiley faces. And then there were custom emoji packs and there was a, 
there was a developer kit where you could put your own, you know, you could put custom um, emoji sets down there. And I actually did make like 20 or 30 just for me. I had sleepy wow. Mav, happy Mav, sad Mav. <laughs> and I had I had those, and it was you and, know and several it, other dwarf Mavs. Yeah, and it was. Like, <laughs> oh God, I can't believe. It. Um, I I had those, and you know, largely nobody noticed because they because they were just you know down there where where mood was, and nobody paid attention to those anyway. But I think Dawn's right. If you if I changed my actual profile picture every time, that would be that would be something. But but it, I mean, to that original point though. I, I don't I mean, I do think that there is probably a way to find, you know, the happy medium where the artists make more money because, you know, I do think it would be great if people were just hiring us to like draw portraits, but they're not. And I and they weren't before. They're not going to in the future because the appeal of a lot of it to a lot of people was, I think it's free and we're trapped inside. I mean, it, it, yeah. sure, uh, yes. they, they launched it yeah, during like, a COVID quarantine and that helped. It's an activity as much as it is like an end product. In, mm-hmm. in yeah. many ways. Yeah. I think a lot of artists are feeling um, a bit like I do mm-hmm. in that, like, it's hard enough for us to ask for money, you know, yeah. like with self-esteem right. issues and all of that. You know, it's hard enough during, a, you know, a not pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. when we have a pandemic and we know that other people are suffering and they don't have jobs and it's just a total mess to be like, hey, buy my comics. <laughs> like, how tone deaf can right. we be? You know, but yeah. I mean, in all, in all honesty, you know, th- I started thinking about like this upcoming podcast and the conversation that we had, um, Mav, about about this. And I was like, well, you know what? It's I'm I'm due. I have a ton of freaking books that I bought for conventions this year, which are not going to happen. And I need to sell the books. So okay. I just I made a post today mm-hmm. um, that has like, a picture of all my work, all the books mm-hmm. that I have, like 10 some books. And which, um, which we'll link in the show notes. Yes. yes. We'll say, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so, you know, but I posted that thinking like, well, we'll see what happens. And a lot of people contacted me and said, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to reach out to you. I'm meaning to do this. And even one person said, I saw your post about the avatars mm-hmm. and I totally want one of yours. And said, but she's also getting books from me too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, so, it, yeah, so that it, is a benefit. Just, and I, yeah. I, it just I, inspired me to go out and promote myself too. Cause why the hell not? I, <laughs> part of it is like, I don't think that, I mean, speaking to someone who's not a, a visual artist, like, I don't think it would have occurred to most people to ask an artist for a profile picture. Like, I don't think I would have realized like, Oh, that costs literally only 20 bucks. I think well, people connect to like caricatures yeah. as gifts or something yeah. like that. They understand that. Yeah. But, and it also, also it varies greatly too. Cause, cause <laughs> I mean, you know, as a peek behind the curtain, the $20 sketch I do for you at a convention is not as good as the, you know, $100 sketch that I do if I set that for you. No. <laughs> no, yeah, Cause it's like, you're coming back and okay, I mean, I, I literally, you know, I'm, oh yeah, sure. I'll draw your kid. Let me take a picture of my phone. Come back in an hour. It, the hour sketch is not as quality as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're good. not drawing that whole hour either. You're, you're selling <laughs> stuff. You're talking oh, yeah. to people, you know, you're trying to maintain yeah. sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maintain sanity. <laughs> I, I love like, Byron's like yeah. derisively. Like, there's no sanity in, in art. <laughs> sanity, please. If, if you have bought a table at a convention, <laughs> yeah. you're at the convention, please. <laughs> Make fun of all of our fans. Um, <laughs> but and ourselves. Yeah, honestly, right. absolutely. Well, so and it's kind of. I think this is one. Oh, actually, I know this is the case with Byron. 
And it was the case with me, though, not with my not with my strip, because Hellcats was very much. Actually, I did appear in it. I was going to say one of the things that we all start with, like pretty much every comic artist, when you're when you decide you want to be a, a cartoonist when you're seven, you start by drawing yourself. That's oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's what I did. Um, that's what I, I mean. Like, I, I, I've I totally seen when you draw yourself. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't think I drew myself. Uh, I drew all sorts of other characters and came mm-hmm. up with my own ideas. But I don't remember. I mean, like little kid drawing. Sure, you're drawing your whole family, but no, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I've seen, but I mean, I've certainly seen you draw yourself now. You know, oh, yeah. So now I do, but yeah, I, I think that I was, I had like a whole comic strip and and characters and thought out everything. You know, oh. um, and maybe some of the characters were a bit like me, but didn't look like me. You know, hmm. but interesting though. I mean, I would, okay. I would think you're probably right, and I just realized that this is probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 and I didn't do yeah, that. Not, not much like you. I, I don't think I, I wrote myself into anything as a character or avatar until later i certainly have sensed that in, in various ways uh, many comics I was my doing personality way back shows when. up more than my appearance yeah, that's yeah. For sure. <laughs> but yeah i you know like you i do lots of characters i mean copying characters in comics but also coming up with my own um but then, yeah, i was doing mini comics back in the, the early 90s and i appeared in a couple of those you know, autobiographical kind of things like everybody was doing in the early 90s mm-hmm. um I have a series I've done a couple strips on um, that uh, one of those things, one of those yet another of my, this is a project I want to do someday. And I've done seven pages and I'm, and that's it. Um, <laughs> you essentially little Wayne comics of it's And I, I came with a rapper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, yeah, a little avatar of myself uh, and essentially you know, true stories of my disappointing encounters with pop culture when I was a child. <laughs> Uh, and it, it was fun, and but I just it was it was a different style that I was used to drawing in, and, and wasn't comfortable doing it, and haven't done it enough to feel comfortable yet. So, but that's way off topic. Anyway, <laughs> avatars. Well, anyway, so uh, I was going to say, I know. Well, Byron, you'd say yes. your your strip is based more on oh, yourself. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> it is very it is loosely based on my experiences in 1977. Absolutely, yeah. There are and, many, many. Embarrassingly true strip, strips in there, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and like there's, uh, there is certainly resemblance in your characters versus oh, yeah. when you draw yourself. That's because like, oh, yeah. what I was what, what I was getting at, right? Oh, I, yeah. I would say oh, that's yeah. fair. Um, and and my avatar has the red T-shirt that Bud wears. Yeah, you know. So I mean, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, um, and I was thinking also if you go if you look at like say Scott McCloud's book, you know, Scott McCloud is also drawing. I mean, his his famous books are about him teaching comics, but even then he's wearing the Zot t-shirt, you know, so I, I, there's oh, certainly sure. crossover. Um, Wayne's roommate draws a, a comic book that's entirely about himself. <laughs> well, yeah, him and all of his friends appear, you know, like we, we are all characters in his world. Right, right. So, oh. but he's the main character. I mean, it's the, yeah. it, it, it is very much, he is Mary Sue to himself. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marcel has been on the show. <laughs> Yeah, much like Matt Wagner with you know uh, with Kevin Matchstick and Mage, yeah, and and they're not the only ones to to have done this sort of thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. I guess you know, one of the, one of my questions, just and trying to branch this out into broader topics, is why why are we so fascinated with creating these avatars? I mean, for a lot of people who don't have the artistic skill to draw themselves, that ability to create a cartoon of yourself through one of these programs, right. and that's kind know, of. Like, it's really appealing. People love doing that shit. Like you say, that thing appeared last week and in two hours I had 
200 avatars in my feed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what, and that's what, that's why I wanted to make sure Katya was here for you. Cause I think we're, yeah. we're talking about it in a comic strippy kind of way. Cause that's what they look like. They look like cartoons. They're basically a simplistic caricature of yourself. They're not terribly detailed, which is why it worked. But I pointed out, I pointed out in the blog, if I get a new copy of WWE Smackdown, it's a video game that I love. The, the first four hours since after I opened the game is me sitting there and painstakingly making myself it's like, no, my eyes are browner than that. You know, not the right beard. You know, and, and like and it, I've, I've not punched anybody. I've not like it's literally you mm-hmm. open that box and the first thing you do is make your own custom character. And all the best video games are that right. We, we did our show on Animal Crossing when Animal Crossing came out. And the week that Animal Crossing came out, there were a bajillion Animal Crossing pictures in my in my feed of people going, here's yeah. me in the game. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And so I, and I think it's there's like two concepts here that are overlapping that I want to distinguish. There's a difference between an avatar and a profile picture. Like, and I think that's where, like, I think it's important to point out mainly because like an avatar, like an avatar in like the technical sense of what we talk about in digital media studies, in video game studies, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Isn't just a profile picture. Like, like what we're, what we've been talking about is like a, like a piece of whether it's art, some kind of like digital ephemera, you know, a meme, whatever that you used to represent yourself. It's not, it overlaps with an avatar in the sense that it's an identifying marker, but an avatar really is actually something, usually some kind of like humanoid visual marker that's a blend of your physical identity and your like psychological identity. Um, blended with like a little bit of fantasy mm-hmm. element, and it's much more about and like what and what Matt is talking about building the WWE characters. That's a really great example because, like, say in like a video game when you design your own character, it's not just you're creating an image to represent yourself. It's actually like this weird exploration of identity. Like you're deciding, like in Matt's case, like maybe he's trying to produce like reproduce himself as exactly as he can as a challenge. Or maybe he's giving himself neon pink hair because he's like, hey, I really like some neon pink hair, but I'm too lazy to dye my hair. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and so I and think that that... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, some of the, you know, the, the original origins of the term come from, like, you know, mythic ideas. You, an avatar is a representation of a god in human form. Yeah. Oh. So you know, it, it goes back well before video games or comic mm-hmm. strips or anything like that. It, it's an incarnation. But so, yeah. And it's an incarnation with some agency, right? Like you're so like that's the key. That's the key I was getting at with with um whether I'm talking about WWE game or I'm talking about Animal Crossing. The point of the Animal Crossing game, sure, people were posting on social media, but it's just that that was sort of a announcing, hey, I'm in the tribe. Hit me up on the switch and become friends so that we can yeah. you know we can visit each other's uh, our islands or whatever. But like the but the point of having the Animal Crossing in the, uh, avatar in the game is it wants to connect you with the world. I don't want to like right. it's not me control controlling Link on Link's adventure. This is me controlling Mav on Mav's island. Katya controlling Katya on Katya's island, and right. it's supposed to build a familiarity. Like it's in, it's I don't know what to say. It's it inserts you into the world in a in a very yeah. in a more tangible yeah, it way. Allows you, it allows Listen. you to basically project yourself into a digital space in mm-hmm. a way that allows you to identify. With it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think one of the things with the Facebook like avatar generator and one blanket is like the the experience of making it is kind of the only thing that makes it an avatar. The only thing that makes it kind of like an interactive or, or like a gentle experience. Once you've made the thing, it just kind of is like whatever configuration of pixels. Like I don't like I don't know that I would technically say it fulfills the function of an avatar. Yeah, they called it that. Like, but- 
Right. You can make it's, it smile. It's a, it's a profile picture. And I think that that's. Well, it's 60 yeah, profile I, pictures. You can pick which one you're shooting. Yeah, so, yeah, right, you can do yeah. the smiling sure. one. Yeah, but it's. And I'm sure that someone somewhere can yeah. make the argument that because you can change your profile picture to match your mood and it gives you, like, you have control over that, that it is more avatar like. But I think, like, for me, like, part of what makes an avatar compelling right. in a digital space is the fact that you also, like, project yourself into it. Like, when I'm playing a game or I'm navigating, like, like Second Life, for example, is a perfect example. Yeah. Like, whether the avatar looks anything like me, like, I could have made some weird, like, lizard creature or something like that. I am <laughs> acting in that world with that avatar. Yeah, well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's one of the things I wanted to mention. Aside from you creating yourself in these worlds, you know, I, back you know, 15 years ago or whatever, when everybody was losing their life to World of Warcraft, and, and I, I knew that I would just live in that world if I got it. I did a 10 day trial and a significant portion of that 10 day trial was me creating a character in each of the various classes that were available just so I could see what they look like. I just running around <laughs> and killing rats, but I probably spent more time creating my characters than I did actually playing. Um, I want to look, I want to rewind a little bit and go back to something you were saying, Don, because you're, you talked about it. Cause I'm not, I'm now thinking about this when you said, you know, like you, you didn't till much later really put yourself into any of your books or any of your artwork. You know, you had characters and stuff, right? But having, yeah, but having known Dawn for, for over a decade and having read Zorf, Zorf Burton Fred, I'd argue that there's a lot of you in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. It's more personality. There was more yeah. like yeah. my voice, what I wanted to say. I was definitely prevalent. It just wasn't my face. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a puppy. Sure. And, yeah. or an alien. Right. It's complicated. Well, and actually, yeah, that my uh, and Zorfbert and Fred. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like when I first started and I was oh, yeah, you sure. know, a teenager, preteen or whatever. But yeah, Zorfbert and Fred was the first time that I had someone directly in it that does look like me. Um, acts like me to a degree. It wasn't an exact rep- representation, mm-hmm. but it was like you know a good caricature oh, yeah. for yeah, the, the owners, the yeah. alien dogs to study. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that yes, that in that case there was there was. I wasn't me even in thinking it. that. I was thinking I was thinking the dogs themselves actually. Um, yeah, but yeah, their, their owners is, was based on me and my uh, my then husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that, that was true. That was the first time I ever made anything that I would claim to be semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. um, before that like when we were saying when you first started to draw and that's, that's what I was true. thinking like when I first started to draw I really mm-hmm. didn't I don't remember the first mm-hmm. self-portrait that I and, did and that's it whether that's I think whether we're actively drawing ourselves or not when we're doing that thing we are definitely putting ourselves in it mm-hmm. um, well the reason I the reason I I asked that is because there's sort of a <laughs> I am, I am very, I am very much of the, this is, we're getting to, you know, get into, you know, artistic theory a bit from, you know, times I've, I've taught little kids to draw, um, or teenagers or adults. And, um, and anybody who's taught an art class will tell you that the worst thing about it is you, first time you teach an art class, somebody comes in and says, I wish I could draw. I, I can't draw. Everybody can draw. Assuming you've got hands or feet or something to hold a pencil with, you can draw. I might have technical skill better than you. I might have technical skill worse than you. But the but the ability to create something in your mind, there, you know, there's agency in that. And, you know, it's sort of freeing once you start realizing, hey, I can create this story. Uh, If you think about like no, no two year old cares about how good their drawing is like it's which is which is the beauty and purity of drawing to hi, look, I drew my entire family and it's just stick figures and it's great. Um, There was a line opening line, you know, an old book drawing on the right side of the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the points it makes is if you walk into a room of five year olds and say, who here can draw every hand in the room goes up. Right. 
If right. you walk if you walk into a room of twelve year olds and say who here can draw, there's that one shy one kid, kid in the back yeah. kind of maybe <laughs> putting his hand up. And some of that is just the, the the developmental stages, you know, just the way the brain comprehends things. At mm-hmm. five, you're drawing and you're having fun with it and you don't really realize it doesn't look like the thing you're drawing. By the time you're 10, you try drawing a horse and it doesn't look like a horse and you go, well, I can't draw. You have self-awareness <laughs> as you get yeah. to be like yeah. 9, 10, 11, and you realize and, that other people can draw better than you. Therefore, yeah. you can't draw. Right. And, and, and that's when most people stop drawing. Well, and right. that's, kind of, that's kind of what I was going to get at right there, because I think there's and just get like super academic even for this show for for just for a moment don't worry you know i'm still drinking, oh, still drinking beer. Makes you. it makes me like a warning signal that goes off academics coming so there's this there's this thing called um and as everybody's eyes glaze over except for katya there's this thing called the lacanian mirror stage um uh, oh, by a guy named lacan and the and the idea here is when there's a there's a point when a baby gets self self awareness when it looks in a mirror is able to recognize that it's seeing itself in the mirror but doesn't have the coordination to make the image in the mirror do what it wants to do right like you you know because you are an imperfect representation of you know the re- the reflection of what the baby wants to be able to do he doesn't have the motor skills to move and and it's frustrating and that happens for any artist, it happens. I don't care how good you are. Every artist is the most critical of themselves. Like you sit there and go, oh, God, I can't make oh, yeah. this happen. I can't make this happen. And I think that if you're one of these, if you're one of the people who says, I can't draw, I can't draw anything. And so now to go back to the Facebook avatars thing, that is there is a power in that because that has given if, if I want to if I want to draw myself, I go out and draw myself. If I want to draw myself looking better because I think I've gotten too fat, I make myself skinnier. I have the power. I can do that. <laughs> That's right. You know, my, my hair is a little less gray, you know, like they, or, or whatever, you know, like I, I can I can do that sort of thing in a, in a drawing. Um, and I can make myself look, you know, depending on how much time I, I want, I can make myself look quite recognizable to where you'll know I'm drawing myself because I I've practiced drawing well enough usually when i draw myself you know if you look at the uh, at the image of myself that i put on the blog when i you know on the one drawing of myself i did i draw myself very simplistically i don't like a, a photo representational version of me i use I, I like drawing myself cartoony when i'm drawing me um when we were doing hellcats on the on the rare occasions that i appeared in hellcats i was usually far less you know uh realistic looking than any of the cat girls were because that's just how i draw myself um and Max actually does the same thing. We draw ourselves far simpler. I don't know why. It's just sort of a calling less attention to yourself. But but I think that there's some power in, you know, Katya, you were saying, if I decide that I want my my Warcraft or my Animal Crossing or my WWE avatar to have pink hair, that, you know, the the program gives you the ability to do that. Um, an ability that I just have just by using a different pencil when I when I do it. Um, and I think that there's I think there's sort of a power in I've always wanted to be able to draw myself. I've always wanted to be able to put myself in the story in my head. And Facebook has given me that tool in a way that hiring Mav or Byron or Don or Wayne doesn't yeah. doesn't give me that tool. You know, I always have abs when I draw myself. I never. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that like Facebook did a good job in doing that. No. I mean, I mean this, this is the drawback of avatars generally is that. And we've talked about this on different episodes on different subjects, but like any, what you're talking, I mean, 
Matt, you're talking about like drawing and I'm right. assuming that you have a certain level of skill, like in, basically infinity is yours um, and you can do whatever you want. Avatars in a, in a virtual context, um, unless you are somebody who has access to the back end of the system or you're some kind of like magical hacker person with skills beyond my own, um, you're limited to the affordances of the right. system as it was built. And, there, are 20 hair, uh, there are 20 hairstyles and here's what they are. There are 15 colors and here's what they are. Yeah. Right. And like, I mean, one, one that comes to mind um, is just like, you know, someone who plays The Sims 4, there's like probably like 20 shades of various white people <laughs> in comparison to like the two brown colors. You know, you know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. terribly like 10, 10 black and brown colors or something like that. And I have to look at it to like count. But like, there's a, like, I mean, it's like, it's like most avatar things. There's a very, it's, there's, there is a, there's a particular, like, say, like racial color, like racial color scheme, whether that's realistic or like fantastical. There's a particular kinds of like hairstyles, eye shapes, things like that that like carry ideological weight, essentially. Um, this is something that sometimes that um, I believe it's I I need to check on this. It's in my notes, but of course I didn't put the attribution. I believe it's from an article by D Fox Harrell, but they call this box effects. Um, box effects, basically, like at that avatars are based on these classification systems that are built into to whatever the given platform is. And they tend to reproduce stereotypes and like social biases of the creators that made them, which is why like, so for example, computer programmers on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these companies are more likely to be white. Mm-hmm. Ergo, the systems tend to be biased towards them. And that's not like, and that's not saying that it's intentionally done that. Like I'm not saying that they're intentionally being white supremacists or something like that. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I don't know that actually. <laughs> but uh, it just happens to be that, like, their whatever their biases are, just happen to make it into how they design it because they probably weren't thinking, weren't thinking about it consciously. Yeah, that's their that's their personal mirror of how they view the world. So yeah. personal lens. Most of my yeah. characters are white because I'm white, you know, right. and and it's not a racial right. thing at all. That's just how I see the world because I grew up mm-hmm. in a white, Amer- you know, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. and yours is semi autobiographical. That's what I was, that's what I was, you made the joke about. You know, you give yourself abs, but yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. also you know you are writing a story. Not Bud's not you, but you're writing a story about yourself as a younger man. There's a glory days aspect mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and oh, yeah. And, and I think well, and, there's, and there's there's something to on, that based on my rural upbringing. If if I'm doing autobiographical stuff, black people don't appear to me in my twenties. That's yeah. You've talked about that on the show. Yeah, and that's not a joke. You, I mean, you, you've talked about that. You met, yeah. You, you, there was one black guy in your town or something. Or yeah, like that. right. Yeah, yeah. And none in my farm town. None. Yeah. You know, until well, yeah, I was ten. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There were none in my high school at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, and going back to Katya's thing, I want to read read a comment that we had from somebody I know is a regular listener of ours, uh, Kathleen Willard, where she said just to the you know the biases thing. Some folks are frustrated because there are not ways to represent disabilities other than needing yeah, to wear yeah. glasses. If you're Which an amputee, really right. If you're an amputee, the Facebook avatar system doesn't give you the ability to be missing a limb. Same thing for many of the video games. Uh, um, the wrestling game that I mentioned just um, had you, everybody has two arms and two legs because that's just the way the character models are, even though the WWE has had disabled wrestlers before. So um, there right. is Zach Gowan is a wrestler with only one leg, but the game can't represent him. She says, if you use a wheelchair, guess what? Now you don't. If you use hearing aids, visible hearing aids, it doesn't matter. You just don't. Those options just aren't there. And for some people, that's a major part of their identity. So, 
And I think it's important to point out, it's not that the system can't represent it, it's that the system was designed not to yes. have that affordance. Right, the system um, as currently does that can't represent it. Right. The system does not have that representation. Right, and that's what we're talking about, like, where the, where, like, the box effects I was talking about with avatars become a problem. Um, we'll link some, some articles in the show, from show notes by a scholar at MIT called Defox Harrell, who's done some writing on sort of, like, the avatar dream and the idea that you can, like, model social identity in ways that could somehow be revolutionary and like talking about the limitations of that because a lot of there's a lot of digital thinkers that basically are like oh well, what would it mean for example if you know via these avatars you could experience someone else's experience to put it uh, you know simply and but the problem is sort of like you know speaking as a white female person i am always regardless of whatever my avatar is whether or not somehow through the simulation the, that avatar say is like a black male or something like that even if like the avatar is somehow being impacted by things to represent that the experience of that identity, I'm still a white lady. Mm -hmm. Like that experience is still filtered through my white ladiness. Um, (laughs) And so like, I I think it's really important when we're talking about, I mean, this is a little bit off topic of what Facebook is trying to do, but like, I mean, what actually Facebook in some ways I like Facebook is interesting because as a social media platform in general, Facebook likes to foreground the idea that it is a neutral platform. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why it's blue. There's a like there's a reason why there's only like really the option to like things or like have positive feedback to most things. Mm-hmm. Um, because Facebook would have you believe, um, and I've read a lot of Mark Zuckerberg's things on, which we'll talk. It's a different episode. But he would <laughs> like possibly would the like next one. Be- <laughs> right, really. But Mark Zuckerberg would like you to think that Facebook is ideologically neutral, and that so something like this avatar system is ideologically neutral. But I think pointing out the disability thing that Matt just brought up, like it's not. Whether or not it's intentionally trying to be ideological is an open question. Um, based off of what I know about Zuckerberg and Facebook, it's probably not trying to do it intentionally. But the problem by by trying to be as neutral as possible, Facebook has a tendency to reproduce like basically the standard social biases that this, particularly the tech world, video games, and a lot of these designers have had for decades. I want to I want to kind of go since you're talking about Facebook, I want to kind of go a little bit in the direction of purpose of the avatar, and I think that. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's me. Cause I, I brought up the comparison of, um, of comparing what Facebook is doing to what animal crossing did or, or the wrestling mm-hmm. video game or whatever. Um, but Byron, you made a comment earlier that I think, you know, just sort of in passing, you said your characters, um, your characters in your comic are white because you're writing about yourself as a teenager and you know, that's who you knew. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I think that there's sort of a weird issue here though. Cause like if I, there are video games that um because the world has become better once upon a time all video game protagonists were white link is white because ever because mm-hmm. white is the default um there are games slime rancher slime rancher is a female um vaguely ethnic um protagonist right katya uh yes I believe yes so. and it's not I, I don't think it's classified well, exactly what race she is but mario is the gender identity because I, I have to double check but yeah, because that is also yeah. ambiguous. Anyway, okay. But anyway, Mario was at least Italian. Yes, and and then there are <laughs> right. But I mean, you can you can have a you can have uh if if I play a video game character that is white, no one cares. If a white man plays a video game character that is black by design, no one cares. Honestly, if you design multiracial characters for your game to be played in the context of your game, 
you're still largely fine. Multi-gender, different, uh, different, uh, um, d- different ethnicities. If you, you can do diversity there, if you Wait, bar- barring the section of the internet that likes to get ragey about any kind of diversity, but yes, right. generally yeah. but, speaking. Right. But general, generally speaking, yeah, uh, yeah, screw them. They're not listening to our show. Fuck, fuck right. those guys. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, but mostly you're okay. Where it becomes weird is because the avatars that the avatars TM Facebook's avatars or also, you know, Apple has their thing where you can where you can create your own avatar for yourself. Bitmoji has one. It becomes weird and people would take it the wrong way if Katya, a white lady, had decided to I'm going to make a Facebook avatar and I'm going to make it a brown man. And that's what I'm going to use as the Katya avatar. People would have been a little weirded out by that. And I don't oh, know that that's weird. That <laughs> <but> yes. yes. <laughs> and, and I think there's, a, I mean, like, I don't even know. I don't know if it scales all that well to, to the artist thing, because um, like if Byron, if you put a black man in 1977, the comic, nobody cares. In fact, people will welcome it. They're like, oh, good for you for having a black character. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you suddenly change your Facebook drawing to myself <laughs> as a black man, that's where you're going to you're going to have some pushback oh. and rightly so. Yeah. And I and I, yeah. and I think there's there's a weirdness there that I didn't really see anybody abusing. I don't I'm sure someone did. Yeah, yeah I'm sure someone did. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the ones I saw seemed like genuine attempts to, hey, this is me or as close as I can get. Yeah. So is but I guess what I'm getting at is there is there an assumption in the Facebook space, in the social media space? Is there an assumption that by doing this, you are trying to be as honest in your in your representation of yourself as possible in a way that doesn't happen for true, you know, true. I'm trying to make an artistic statement like of drawing my own comic strip or for true. I'm trying to just do a fun, fun video game character. I guess I would say yes. I mean, I think, it, it, yeah, in comparison to the video game character, I think, yes. Like, I think that there's, I mean, and this is part of, like, I mean, Facebook, again, this is part of the affordances of the medium. Like, Facebook tries to set up its platform and tries to, like, as it, to, not, it can't really force people to use it this way, but it encourages users to have whatever their authentic, quote unquote, like, Facebook persona looks like. They want you to use your full name, ideally. They want to have demographic information about you. I mean, also for their weird, other nefarious purposes that we're not going to get into in this episode. Uh, they want the demographic data because advertising. Um, so, but yeah, I think that that's probably true. I, I mean, I can't, I think it gets more dicey. I and mean, you guys probably have thoughts about this. I, from like my vantage points, I think it gets more dicey when it's getting into like comparing it to art though, because I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I was like putting, because I'm just imagining like if I did a doodle of myself, I don't know that I would have that same compulsion. And also speaking as someone who uses like comic book art as my profile picture, like not infrequently. What do you mean? Uh, that compulsion? What do you mean? Like that compulsion to like make, so like if I was going to, so for example, if I was going to commission somebody to like give, like create a profile or something. Yeah. I don't think I like, I don't think that I would be like, Hey, I want it to look exactly like this photo of me. I'd be like, Hey, do a thing in your style. And like, I don't know if you want to give me dragon wings. Great. If that seems like because like to me the, the point of getting a piece of art is to like I like I mean like I'm thinking of like when I went to my tattoo artist like I gave them a sketch of what I wanted they took that ran with it and get, when they gave back to me like no two people would have said that those two things were the same vibe but I was like great awesome because that's exactly what I wanted like I wanted you to do your own thing well because yeah when you're hiring the artist you're hiring their point of view and their style 
Right. Like I'm, I'm yeah. also hiring, like very conscious of the fact like I'm hiring, like when I hired my tattoo artist, like I'm hiring someone who's been doing this for 20 years, right. knows what looks good, knows what lasts well. Like I'm hiring their expertise. Meanwhile, like my sketch, having done exactly zero tattoos in my life, like, <laughs> how do I know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that, that creating characters, I think you're talking about creating yourself as, as various ethnicities or, or genders or whatnot in a video game. I guess I see that if I was creating a, a new superhero book and, and was creating a team, I would make an effort to make it a bit more diverse than the original Justice Society was, you know? Um, so I, I would be creating characters. Five white guys, one woman? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, the, the pattern of all superhero teams for a while. But yeah, I would make an effort to make it more diverse, you know, recognizing that I need that in my, my story. You know, as a creator, you're creating these characters. They don't have to be me. Um, and same way, if I'm creating characters to play in a video game while while I'm playing that character, because it doesn't look like me, I'm still I'm playing a character as opposed to assuming an identity. Does that make any sense? You know, I, no, I, I, I think that makes sense. I, I, um, yeah, I, I'm creating something outside of me um, that I don't necessarily identify with. Now, you know, as a creator, I think they're all parts of me in some way or another. But that's very different than than creating an, an avatar where I have an afro. Although, if you saw my senior right. picture from a few episodes ago. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, and, I think, and that's one of the things. It's like that I think distinguishes the avatar from the profile picture is one of the one of the uses of an avatar is to experiment with your identity, yeah. which isn't to say that like I as a white person can suddenly be like, hmm, I understand what it's like to be black in America because that's not what an avatar does. But it allows you to kind of like think through different parts of, parts of yourself. I mean, like if I was uh, as before I played Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of actually like even like psychological therapy that uses games like Dungeons and Dragons to especially work with kids to think through like aspects of their identity, trauma, like, you know, things they're working through with their sexuality, whatever it might be, because it's a way to basically like experiment with something, experiment with an aspect of themselves without having to like commit to it in a way of like, this is me. Um, And I think it's, I, I think to me, thinking of avatars more in that way, it's like I'm experimenting with my own identity seems more plausible than like I'm going to experience other people's identities through this medium. Um, I just want to flag it because I think it's a really great example, even though it was kind of a South Park hoax. Um, a while, a few years ago, there was this game that uh, South Park released, basically an RPG called South Park The Fractured Buckle. And the main reason it got a bunch of news, and I suspect that they said this because they knew it would get a bunch of news, is because there was a difficulty slider in the game that was tied to your avatar creation. And I think we've actually talked about this possibly in a previous episode. But the essentially was the whiter your avatar, the easier the game difficulty, the darker skin your avatar, the more difficult the game is supposed to be. It turns out that this is not actually the way that they designed the game. Um, it was, according to them, a joke. And of course, like most of the, the video game media was like, that was not funny. Um, wow. Which I think, by and large, the backlash of the gaming community, I think, was like kind of agreed because, because of this problem of like play, playing an avatar. Like, this basically, like, this isn't fun. Um, like, this is tone deaf and like really problematic to make like something that can be really, really real to a lot of people's lives, like into a marketing scheme, essentially. I see what they were going for, but South Park does not have the nuance to, I don't know that Trey Parker <laughs> and Matt Stone have the nuance to make that. Social statement. <laughs> I see what they were. Right. I see what they were trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And other. And I think that's the thing is, it's like there are games who have played with this idea before, not quite to this explicitly, and like in this kind of like, I guess I don't know. Goofy is not really the white right, right. Yeah, I guess simplistically, we'll go with that. That's the, that's the kind way, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, 
but there's games that have played with this before. I mean, I think that like, for example, I mean, just on the subject of like simulating race, like there's a discussion in the game studies community of like when, for example, like Skyrim, in the other series, I believe it's Skyrim. Um, there's a there's like a side quest that's basically about like slavery and follows a lot of common tropes, not specifically of any like nationalized tradition of, of slavery, but a lot of like sort of common tropes of slavery um, globally. And it's using a non-humanoid race because one of the one of the things that basically has been a discussion in the game studies community for a while is like, is it appropriate? to simulate like historical like historical discrimination whether it's racial gender um, ableism whatever like in a game in a way that's claiming to represent that actual experience for players because there's an inherent limitation of like a game to capture that complexity um but on the other hand also like is having players like play through these really complicated themes through a third like a like a non-humanoid character also in some way kind of like trivializing the situation historically um so kind of yeah, it's a, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, dicey kind of attempt to make putting it mildly. <laughs> I kind of want I kind of want to think about it the other way though. So, um, like I would take tackle the same issue from the cartooning pr- uh, perspective. Um, mm-hmm. If you're doing a comic strip, or you know, those of us who've done them, you, Wayne, you said even you know if if I'm creating a superhero team in 2020 and I'm smart. I'm trying to be more diverse than probably most friend clicks actually are in real life, just because I want to have as much as much representation as possible. Like I'm trying like you're you're definitely making that move. Right. Um, unless you're doing something now, that's not necessarily always true. But what do you do when you're you know, if you're creating a comic strip? How much do you care about? I mean, so, Don, for yours, it was largely avoided because the main characters were aliens masquerading as cats and dogs right so there there's, there's not really races they, in the same were way researching humanity though so yeah. you know there was you know in terms of the main two characters they were researching like their their owners you know they were based on me and my my husband so they were both white um but you know i i would try to other people in the background you know i would mm-hmm. i would try to you know think about that type of thing because they would just kind of be like background characters like a mm-hmm. sort then doesn't really matter but um you know i i do i do hesitate you know and writing for someone that's not of my race and making them a main character and speaking their voice mm-hmm. yeah because that's, that's a big it's, hesitation it's, yeah. yeah it's like it's either way you could go either way and just say well they're human beings just like me mm-hmm. so what, what's the big deal <laughs> like they're not that different than me yeah. but there, they are. There are. There are yeah. some ways that are that are different, and me Why speaking one? to that mm-hmm. is 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 difficult. Um, I just did a, a kids book where the little girl was biracial, and it was it was all about the book was about race and prejudice and and how it was a kids book. So it's like how parents and kids can work on that together. And it was mm-hmm. written by two white ladies and illustrated by a white lady. <laughs> so, um, but we were very active in racial justice and, um, and one of the, one of the authors, her husband is a black man. They're raising biracial children. She can speak to that very closely, um, mm-hmm. compared to me. Um, so, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it, it's the more that we are involved with, with people, the more we feel like they could, we could speak in their voice, the more that we know, but mm-hmm. it is, a it's a tricky line to kind of dabble, dabble with. And the best way I think is just to 
talk to people, <laughs> you know, yeah. who of the of the race that you're talking that you're going to be representing and mm-hmm. and see what the best way of handling that would be. But um, I wanted to interject one one more thing because um, all the stuff that we're talking about with um, identity and and whatnot. Have you heard of the phrase digital blackface? Yes. Yes. Okay. This was something that I didn't have a name for, but I started to feel like, you know, slightly off when maybe I would react with a with a GIF to someone, and it was like if it was like a reaction, like I'm reacting that way, but it was a person not of my race. It was just like, you know, a little kind of like, this doesn't feel right, but am I making a big deal out of nothing? Even though I'm not not a big deal. Am I making like a tiny deal out of a nothing deal? And um, someone actually called me out on that and and sent me a a link to an article to read and said, you know, think twice maybe before you post a a gift like that of someone. And I'm kind of like, well, I mean. That's kind of why I asked. I think think it's a a questionable thing. It's a. so yeah. digital blackface is exactly the issue. And you know, mm-hmm. so I want to get to asking Byron as well, because Byron is going to be a little different because he's writing about a specific historical. What? So, so Matt, for our listeners at home, can you give an example of what we're talking about? Yeah. OK, so one of the things that comes up and this is a complicated issue is you're going to have people who say things like, you know, if you're in the social media world and I don't care if we're talking Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, uh, actually not so much Instagram because of the way comments work, but people will often reply to each other in GIFs, um, animated GIFs and, and stuff. And one Use thing the that oh, I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I said gifts. I'll just I'll just note that. It's a whole different episode. The creator calls it. The creator uses gifs. I'm trusting him. The author's yeah. dead. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. The, the, the G means graphic, not graphic. I know. That's why I say gifs. Anyway. Oh God. So anyway. Anyway, say you're doing a gif of a graph. Um, <laughs> ow, hurt my head, ow. Anyway, I just want um, peanut butter now, really. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, what I, what I was getting at is if you're people reply with things and then they do um, like there is a tendency to reply to certain kind of things with um, with, you know, with animated graphics. With animated graphics of people, um, for instance, in in utter shock or in disbelief, um, with animations of black people who often are used in such a way as to imply buffoonery. <laughs> um, they'll be you know, you, you'll use things that are where the question becomes, does this mood really come across the same way? if the character in the image were white instead of black sometimes this is because it's like a it's like a famous television show but or anything but it, but it's the equivalent of of walking and really date myself but it's the equivalent of walking into a room and being like what you talking about willis you know like that is <laughs> that is yeah. a very black moment right it is a very it, it, and and part of the joke there is that arnold from different strokes is black so this is so the question becomes, should a white person be using one of these? Yeah, fuck you guys. One of these GIFs that is um, <laughs> that is that is a, that is a, a black person in a disparaging kind of way. And it's complicated for exactly the reason that I was going to get into, which is 
I mean, should you be making fun of black people for being funny in humorous way? No. But also, should you not use an image because they're not of the same race as you? That's also kind of problematic, right? Like there's no... I want I want you as a I want you as a fan of Disney movies to enjoy Tiana the Black Princess as much as the other eighty seven princesses who are all white. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. right. d- d- dating I think myself. The, I think the uh, the the gif in question <laughs> for me was um, Ice Cube saying "Bye, Felicia." So good example. Yeah. Yeah. Inherently, you know, very, very uh, black culture type of movie. It and is. I am white lady using but, it. <laughs> but, but as as, so, a student of, as a student of culture, I don't want Dawn to not watch Friday. It's a good movie that I want to be no, popular. Right. Right? I said I'm not allowed to watch <laughs> yeah. it. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's, am I representing yeah. what I, my comment on something? Right. And it's, it's, the question, it's the question of yeah. should a white person Infinity. be playing, um, uh, be posting a uh, Wakanda forever image? And yeah. It's complicated, right? Like that's a complicated yeah. issue that I don't think because, has a real strong answer because I don't want to take Black Panther away from white people either. Like that's because, very important because we, to me. We, we do the the cultural referencing all the time. I mean, as mm-hmm. pop culture people who study pop culture, kind of every conversation we have is peppered with pop culture mm-hmm. references. Right, I don't know right. if I can have a conversation without doing that with anyone. Right. Um, right. So yeah, there is. There's the question of do we remove an entire category of pop cultural references because of that. And, 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 I, and doing I so, are you now forcing white people to be white exclusive? Which is right, a yeah. problem. Right. That's this a problem. Does, right. does this right. apply to minorities, too? Referencing white movies, you know, white characters. You know, like, how, where, where does the line be, is, where is the line drawn? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's always, that's always what comes up was like, well, if this was reversed, dot, dot, D- dot. Dating myself even more than Mav, I'm pretty sure when I was, you know, 10 years old, I was, Wearing a a floppy denim cap and shouting dynamite on the bus. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, that 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 segues into what, what I wanted to get to because I want to ask Byron specifically. So I'm, mm-hmm. I I alluded to it, but your comic book, your comic strip, takes place specifically in the year 1977. Correct. Yeah. The so, year I took off from college. Yeah. What? The year I took off from college. Yeah. Right. So it really dates me. Yeah. Oh my God! There's someone on the show older than me for once, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> barely. Um, but, but no, but it's but it's a, but it's a specific question because now you're looking at the year 1977. You're you're writing about culture in the year 1977. It's How difficult. do you handle race? Because the world is very different 43 years ago. Oh yeah. Well, the the world they're in is a white suburb. So there right. is no race, you know, um, I d- and um, as we talked earlier uh, a little bit, uh, one of my characters uh, is an Italian uh, heritage and I've stayed away from doing anything. So I actually had to interview a couple people who were older Italian women to give me expressions and things that they would she would say, you know, it's like, hey, what would she do? How would she act? What would what would be the things? Because I wanted to represent occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally, uh, you know, I like her to get angry or something like that. And slip into an Italian swear or some, or a mannerism or something like that or expression. And so I had to do that. Um, I have a difficult time and I've been told that is, I should just be able to write for it. But 
adding a black character um, at this point in time, I think would be rather, uh, you know, oh, it's going to be, oh, here's your token black. So mm-hmm. I, I've stayed away from it. Um, I did have one of the characters date a black guy and made no issue whatsoever, uh, you know, about it or whatever. And and this would have been difficult in 1977. Yes, that would have been. Yes. High. So you're doing yes. that because you're trying to be progressive, but yep. also, you know, so yeah. I'm a little younger. I'm young, <laughs> born, <laughs> born in the 70s. But I know yeah. like having a biracial relationship amongst teenagers in 1977 in the white suburbs is yeah. not something that no one would have mentioned. Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it, it would have been, been part of every conversation. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have been frowned upon, you know, yeah, big time. Yeah. People would have gotten hit and you know, beat up and all, you know, yeah. You're right. It just would have been difficult. So, 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 mm-hmm. so then what's the responsibility as an artist to, and I, and I don't know that there's an answer for that, but this is, this mm-hmm. goes back into the, how are, how is art different than the avatar? What is your responsibility as an artist to portray a better world versus to be honest in the art? You know, it's not an easy answer. I don't think. No, it's not. I, mine's a comedy, you know, so I, I stay away from real social issues like that and stuff like that. So I didn't, I don't bring in any real and taken, you know, like I'm not going to have the guy get beat up, you know, because he's dating a white girl. Um, you know, I don't, uh, a very special episode of 1977. I'm not going to do something like that. Um, again, that dates me. And, uh, you know, so it's like, Hey, I'm not going to do that because people are here to be entertained and this and the other. Now, um, now I am writing another, uh, like Dawn, I've got something I've been writing for a long time and originally written, it was all white people because I wrote it when I was younger. And now I'm like, well, I really need to do a little more Star Trek on this. I need to diversify this. Who am I going to make Asian or who am I going to make black or who am I going to, you know, who am I going to change into a woman? Cause it was two women and four men. And it was like, it was, you know, so it's like, do I need, and, and it's like, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm really, uh, tearing the story apart. I really just need to leave it alone, you know, type of thing and not try cause I'd be forcing it and it wouldn't be true to me, you know, type of thing. And, um, it is unfortunate that, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that's how that is, but. I don't feel right uh, writing for a black character because unless I interviewed a black person and said, hey, what's some of your but you're getting an idea just from the news. And I want to get too political on it just of what they're going through. I shouldn't say they, you know, what black people go through. And it's just terrible. You know, I feel, oh, you know, and how would I write that? I couldn't write that, you know, type of thing, because I usually write lighter fare. I don't write, you know, that type of stuff, um, you know, so in a way I'm, I've got a little easier because I don't have to worry about tackling those type of social issues, um, you know, type of thing, uh, you know, but also the same character slept with a woman. So, <laughs> you know, so I do it for fun and I just, you know, also bring it out because I have a lot of friends who are lesbians. So it's like, hey, I'll, okay, I'll have her sleep with a woman one time and they all had a, a big kick out of it. So anyway, uh, but that's the, you know, the, that's my answer to it is it, it's difficult. And unless you really study it and, and get, you know, background from it, from real, you know, the actual people, whether it be black or Italian or whatever, you know, type of thing. I, I don't have the, the, the background to write for it. I can write a Southern farm boy, you know, who got drunk in the seventies. That's no problem, but I can't write anything else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can't write anything else because I didn't live that life, you know, unless I study it and that's and that's what make great writers is they go out and they research this stuff and they they sit around bars and they talk to people and mm-hmm. they and they and then incorporate that into writings and and that's i think that's part i mean doing the diligence you know, if you if you choose yeah. to write these characters doing the diligence to talk yeah. to people do the research or whatever but there are still that there are nuances that mm-hmm. i just simply will never be able to capture absolutely i agree you know right which is Unless, which is i think mm-hmm. like 
especially like in the game industry, especially when you're talking about which is, I mean, different products, but like, I mean, any one video game is usually made by like dozens of hundreds of people. It's just like, it makes more sense to just like have a diverse writer's room. Or like when mm-hmm. you're on a project, like if you can invite somebody to collaborate on that, if it's something where like that's important to the project, like, I mean, it would yeah. be like if somebody made Black Panther and like it was made entirely by white people, it'd be like, would not be the same movie. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Wayne, do that. So, so, so we've resolved nothing. Yeah, you prompted me about a half second too soon because it was um, right there. I was going to cut that out. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. um, no, and I don't, I mean, yeah, because we're going to solve all of the world's problems well, in, in yeah. our one hour show. But as was said since the first time we used that line, we know, you know, most of this is unresolvable. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I do think and it's not I, our purpose. Right. But I do think that I think it's a good conversation because there was uh, there's a lot more that the very idea of, you know, this started from. Hey, Facebook is doing this stupid little thing, which frankly, the reason Facebook did it was because we want, you know, because they're Facebook and nobody else can have anything. And whatever money Bitmoji is making, we want it. Please give us this money. (laughs) And we do it and do it not as well. Right. That's what it was. It was like literally like, oh, other people have this. There must be money in it. We better get on this right now. And I and I really do think that the reason it blew up was because Bitmoji has been around for years. Apple did theirs like three Mm -hmm. years ago. And Apple's is cooler because it it really does animate with my face. I can do whatever I want. That's kind of neat. Right. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they wanted on top of this. (laughs) They they wanted on top of this because like they're because, you know, they're a company and there was money to be made. That's why they did it. And they got lucky because it hit during um, I hate to say lucky, but it hit during a pandemic when no one had anything else to do. So everybody made these and it Mm -hmm. it was big for like two days. And like by the time this episode comes out, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, we did that. How when was that was a week ago? You know, like because it because it largely has gone away, but I do think that it does call into question all these things that we've been talking about for the last hour. Yeah, I and mean, that's it. This silly little thing on Facebook led to just a really good discussion here about a whole lot of topics. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's what pop culture is for. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ton of references. Anyway, the yeah. little boat. Which <laughs> Uh, I do want to thank our, our guests for joining us so that we, you know, because we, especially since, um, you know, this is this was a topic that kind of crossed a couple of dimensions. So I guess we'll start with we'll start with Byron. Where can people find your stuff at uh, 1977thecomic.com or uh, on Instagram at Byron Draws linked in the show notes, of course. What about you, Don? Well, my portfolio site is dongriffinstudios.com, but I think because of where this uh, topic went to, um, people might be interested in my latest, uh, my latest work called Ida Finds Her Voice. Mm-hmm. And it's that URL.com, idefinesherevoice.com is where you can order uh, this kid's book, which is a really great way to start a conversation about uh, prejudice and tolerance, things like that, um, in a very um, heartfelt way. Great. Also linked in the show notes. And you guys are on with, with a couple other people, but you guys are on another show together. So mm-hmm. tell everybody about that. I'll add the host to that. Oh, that's right. Hey, everybody, it's Byron from Webcomic Alliance. Find us at webcomicalliance.com and we put out the podcast uh, about twice a month. 
Mm-hmm. What is it? Just so people know. What's that? It's on the webcomicalliance.com. That's where it's at. No, I see. What, what, What's is, it about? what is the show about? <laughs> what is the show about? Well, webcomics. <laughs> it's, uh, basically, uh, it's for, we, we gear it for like the uh, intro people who are getting started and all that and have a lot of questions on how to get themselves printed or uh, put up a website the first time or doing their cons, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also definitely. talk just about anything, you know, so. <laughs> and and a lot just, of people like to draw and listen to our show at the mm-hmm. same time because yeah. we joke around and have good chemistry and have lots of good tips. Yeah, it, yeah. it just becomes for yeah. for people doing very, four, different, four very different kinds of work, sort of yeah. discussing how that works. So Exactly. Good show. Yeah. The last good show. podcast, we Thank spent you. 10 minutes. We spent the first 10 minutes talking about beer, bees and beer. And, and so, 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 I mean, then we, then we got serious, but anyway, that's how it goes. Uh, that sounds familiar. Uh, what about you, Katya? Uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram, Katya Sunderkid. Um, however, I will plug in these, ta- in these very strange times, we all need some more treats for the animals in our life. My, uh, home state of Oregon, the zoo Instagram feed is spectacular and hilarious. So I highly recommend you check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> and Wayne. Yeah, just stop asking me. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to stop asking you because it's a funny way to end the show. <laughs> and and everyone wants to surprise you with something new. So. I know, and it always throws me off. It, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I want to plug. He's like, wait, you, you what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not this week. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick or on my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places, always at Fox. Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week and you can give us feedback, things that you want us to think about so that we can include them in the show. You can also leave us comments on what you thought about this or any other episode because we want to know. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you did, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review especially on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. It um, gooses the algorithms, makes us more popular, and then... Well, I was going to promise that, you know, somebody will draw you a picture, but honestly, we're really not. You know, you can hire one of us and we will. <laughs> we all need the work. That's kind of, that's about earlier in the show. Happy. So, you will make me happy. Right. I'm again, I'm, we're in a pandemic. Horrible. I will use. Oh, I will. I will post my happy avatar. That's it. Leave us a five star yes. review and I'll post my happy avatar. That'd be great. To quote Romancing the Stone, I'm cheap, but I can be had. <laughs> <laughs> See? It fit in well. Uh, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That isn't going to do you any good, Flynn. I'm afraid. Stop. Please. You realize I can't allow this. How are you going to run the universe if you can't even answer a few unsolvable problems? Huh? Come on, big fella, let's see what you got. I'd like to go against you and see what you're made of. You know, you don't look a thing like your pictures. I'm warning you. You're entering a big era, Flynn. I'm going to have to put you on the gaming bread. Games? You want games? I'll give you games. <laughs>